This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Amanda McLaughlin, the CEO of Multitude, an independent podcast collective and production company. And here we are reading a letter from a listener. Yeah, I wonder if you would um, maybe take us into our last letter. Let's do it. The subject is avoiding Eeyore. And the letter goes... I've got a friend who can't seem to be happy for me. Anytime she asks about my life and I share positive things, I can see her frown with disappointment. She seems to wish things were going badly. My car broke down instead of being stranded. I met this great guy and we even ended up dating. She said about how awful it must be to not have a working car and how I should worry about repair costs. Or when I had a medical concern and returned from the doctor learning I'm healthy, she rolled her eyes. She always responds like Eeyore and never just says great or congratulations or anything positive or celebratory for me. I don't know if she's like this with others, but she's been like this for the past few years. I've known her for about five years through my earlier friendship with her brother. I don't call any of this out because I'm content and confident in my life, but I do feel sorry for her. I share less with her and avoid spending much time with her as a result of this behavior. I don't really miss her as a friend, although I would never make fun of or desert someone who needs help. She doesn't seem to be aware of her behavior, or maybe she doesn't care how she comes off. Now, there's no no question at the end. No question at the end. I think the question was probably implied, but I do kind of like the idea of someone writing in to just say, I'd like to briefly complain about something. I don't need <laughs> you to help me uh, handle it, but I just want you to know it's kind of annoying. Yeah, I, I do think it's it's kind of illustrative when there is no question or when the question that the letter writer uh, you know, says nominally, doesn't feel like the real question that they have. Like, mm-hmm. I feel myself reading between the lines a lot. Um, so here, I I wonder what the unspoken question is. Is it like, you know, am I good? Is this okay? Like, am I allowed to really not be her friend? Like, am I justified in finding this frustrating? Um, so I, I wonder, Danny, what you thought the implied question was. Yeah, I mean, I think certainly that's probably most of it. I, I suppose the sort of implied question that I felt like is like, what do I do? Um, Like I'm kind of sunsetting this friendship and it's sort of working, but I'm still kind of irritated. And so I'm just wondering, like, do I have to say something to her? Can I just kind of ghost her and hope she doesn't notice? Um, What are my options? And, you know, I tend to find this kind of problem easy to deal with. Like my, my natural way of dealing with Eeyores is to tease them. And actually, I often have found that Eeyores kind of like being teased. Like, Mm. they usually know they're pretty pessimistic and, like, having someone be a little bit more bubbly and kind of like, oh, you, like, you're always looking on the downer side. They usually are like, yeah, that's right. I'm glad that's my thing. So, you know, but it's a little difficult where, like, you've known her for five years and you've never joked about it. Um, So it's not necessarily something that I would start, like, but but I would encourage you, I think, to take, like, a, a slightly jocular tone with this, like, you're not asking her to become a wildly cheerful person overnight and you're not asking her to see your life the way that you do. But I think it's pretty like reasonable to just say like, you maybe haven't noticed this, but whenever I bring up something 
you act like I've just received a fatal diagnosis and I would love it um, if you would instead, you know, go with the classic, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say much, you know, just say like, uh, congratulations. Um, and again, you might not want to become close with her as a result of that, but at least you can just let her know like, hey, knock it off. Don't roll your eyes. I can see you when you roll your eyes. I'm right here. Again, like <laughs> don't treat this like this incredibly serious, sacred conversation. Just be like, hey, you just rolled your fucking eyes. Don't roll your eyes. Really? Oh, that's so interesting. My instinct, maybe this is how I handle conflicts and I have to unpack this a little bit in therapy, but I was thinking, great, this is your, this is your complaining friend. You can save up weeks worth of bad things that have happened to you and complaints that you have for people in your life. And then you can have a good old like fetching session just between you and you can hang out and say, you'll never guess these shitty things that happened to me or I observed or that I thought about happening or almost happened. And that might be gleeful for her. She might be, she might love that. Oh yeah. Give her some food. Like bring her something she can use. Tell your fun stuff to your other friends. And just talk to her when you want a bitch. And that will eventually, I think, probably blow up. But like, that'll be eight or 10 years from now. And in the meantime, you might have a great time together. I like this idea. Exactly. Like there are plants where if you give them too much sun, they will, they will, you know, burn and shrivel. And then when you put them in the shade, they blossom. And I think this is your friend who needs to live in the shady corner of your apartment. Yeah. I think probably in between the two of us, there's like a good middle ground. One of which is like, (laughs) you can ask her to stop rolling her eyes. And then you can also like, share more of your complaining stuff with her. But it's really then, I think, just a question of like, what do you want here? Because you're never going to make her be like a cheerful person who like, you know, spontaneously offers you a compliment or says something they really admire about you. So knowing that like at most you're going to get her to agree to stop rolling her eyes, do you want to get much closer with her? Or do you like the sort of fading out and becoming more just like nominal acquaintances? Um, so that's really a question for you to answer. And, and then if you do want to stay somewhat close, you'll probably want to have one or two more in-depth conversations. And if you're kind of fine being at a distance, but you just want to like swat her on the wrist a little bit, swat her on the wrist. And again, that's the tone. Give it the tone of like a wrist swat of just like, Hey, don't, don't focus on what's like a downer about this. Like, I need you to just say like, I'm glad you met a nice guy. Or I need you to not roll your eyes at me and just make that request be incredibly prosaic and like mundane about it. Don't mm-hmm. don't act like you need her to rehaul her entire affect. Yeah, this is not a an intervention about her worldview, which, you know, may or may not be helpful. This is exactly you saying, hey, you know, this thing annoys me. I don't think you mean it this way. It's coming off this way. You know, as my friend, as a person I spend time with, you know, I'd love if you could do something different. I think the charitable interpretation of this is, you know, I have a very kind of like practical and problem solving instinct. And it, you know, took me a while as an adult to realize that when somebody shares a problem, they don't need a, you know, instruction or, you know, idea for how to solve it right away. Much of the time, almost all the time, they, you know, want to be heard and affirmed. Um, And so maybe she is trying to, you know, in in the most generous interpretation, uh, care for you or say like, oh, car repairs, those could be expensive. Like, are, are you planning? Are you okay? Um, but that clearly is not coming through. So I, I think the the note is maybe well taken if you give it in that, in that kind of, you know, low importance, you know, in general, kind of medium importance to you context. Yeah. And I think obviously like there's probably never going to be like a soulmate best friendship between the two of you. 
But like, if you just want her to sometimes say congratulations, just tell her. Like, it's still real if you ask for. I think sometimes people feel like if I have to ask for something in a relationship, then it's not meaningful. Or like, if I have to tell her I want to sometimes be told that's great news, then it will feel totally insincere and fake when she does. And like, you know, obviously, if she then like the next time you saw her said like, congratulations, I am so happy for you. In a way that made it clear she was like putting on a show. You wouldn't want that. But like, if you just want to tell someone that you would like to occasionally hear affirmation from them, do it. And like, odds are pretty good that they will at least a little, like they'll get better. So I just think, say it. Obviously, you know, if you don't necessarily, even if you're just only going to be kind of tertiary friends with her, it's nicer to have more pleasant interactions when you see her around. Exactly. And that may go toward alleviating some of the letter writer's concern or guilt that in hanging out less with this friend, um, they are deserting them. Um, That was a a word that really stood out to me, um, saying, you know, even though I don't miss her as a friend and I would never make fun of or desert someone who needs help, you know, like kind of the implication being like, if I hang out with her none or much less, then that feels like deserting. I I don't think you're deserting your friend by saying, hey, hanging out with you makes me feel kind of bad. I'm going to do less of it or none of it. Um, but if you say to her, you know, hey, this is this is something I would need from you or I would like from you or, you know, when I when I'm sharing problems, I I would really find your reassurance valuable, even if it's just a, you know, I'm sure you'll figure it out. You know, that would mean something coming from you um, that may help you feel a little bit less guilty um, and more like, yeah, I tried and I asked for what I needed. And, you know, it's it's not working so well. So we'll see each other every so often. Um, but I would again like to plug and suggest only bitching with this friend and only talking about things in the world that depress or frustrate you and see how it goes one time. I love that. I love that. Do you have a complaining friend or are you the complaining friend? Uh, I I am definitely, yeah, trying to to lean into the complaining more. I, I like to sort of ignore problems and focus on the positive and move past it, but it is uh, it is a thing I am working on. But I, I love uh, to complain about transit issues. I would love to hear from every single person I run into in the street how their trip uh, going there that day went and be like, yeah, it's uh, that that connection between the one, two, three and the L at 7th Avenue. Man, that's too long. Uh, man, that tunnel sucks. And let's let's talk about it. It is so I think such a like critical social skill to be able to offer up light and universal complaints, but with just the right touch so that people don't actually feel like they're with someone who believes that all life is like just constant misery and inconvenience. Like when someone can complain well, that is like a top tier social attribute. Yeah, it it really is. Um, and yeah, you can put that to use in speeches. Like my mother in law at our wedding, her her toast was like, "Yeah, I you know I knew Amanda was uh, was a keeper when she beat me in Scrabble the first time uh, we met, which was like both a burn and also like a little bit of you know a little bit of a compliment and like a flex uh, of of me saying like, oh my god, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have beat you. I I knew that was a bad call strategically. What would it, you know? But it all worked out. Um, so it's it's a it's a good skill. It's underutilized. Yeah, it really, really is. Well, do you have anything that you would like to complain about before we sign off for the afternoon? Um, I learned recently that we're no longer doing daylight savings in the U.S., that apparently we voted to stop doing that. Are you aware well, of this? Well, we just did it this week, or we just did a time change this week. So like, I think that was the last time. In 23, we're stopping doing daylight savings. Oh, hell yes. And Are you Danny, serious? That was my reaction. We're finally getting rid of it? I'm serious. We passed it apparently in an election years ago, and I didn't know. Um, 23, we are no longer going to be changing the clocks. I think we spring forward one more time, and then we stop, or maybe this is it forever, and now it's just this. But okay. So I was joyful. And then I, I thought I to myself, this? do you do you have more conclusive information than I, than I do? 
Not yet. Not yet. It's still loading. So keep going. Well, my first thought was joy because it's, it's, you know, terrible and I hate it. But then when we just did this recent time change and Stark at 4.30, I think to myself, I hate this. Do I do this every year? What the hell? Like, I, yeah. I, I don't want to be the Stark this early. My body wants to sleep and it's, and it's 4.45. What? And that means we, it won't anymore. That's, we're going to get rid of that. But, but I think this is the time that we're going to be in then. I think it will now, because we're out of daylight savings and we're into standard time now. I think it is, we are always Fuck. and forever going to be dark in November. So then I thought, Oh no, guys, roll it back, roll it back. It's worth losing the the sleep in the spring to gain the sleep in the fall. That feels so magical. You know what's so bad about this is this could easily become our like uh, bodybuilder thread where they're arguing about how many days there are in a week. <laughs> you know, where like it this? just quickly no, spirals out of control and you realize no one in there knows how many days a week out of there are there is a year. Wait, I tell don't me about know this. which one is regular and which one is daylight savings. And uh all I know is that I hate it when the sun sets super early all of a sudden. Well, now we're in that timeline forever because daylight savings is during the summer to help the farmers use more daylight to harvest crops. And now this is just what we have now. And so I was elated and then I was upset. But see, we're doing social bonding now where me sharing my emotional journey with you and taking you on this journey with me. This is this is a skill, people. Consider I'm so consider embarrassed by how hard it is for me to yeah. like be wrapping my brain around this because I'm just like, I know. What time is it going to be this day next year? <laughs> how much sunshine will it <laughs> like? I just need someone to like sit down with me and like draw a picture of sunshine and explain it. Uh, or I'll just move to Hawaii and Arizona, which yeah. I've never done daylight savings. Do you know the um the New York Metro weather uh account, Twitter and Instagram? I'm familiar. Uh, I love that they they're they're quite good at like explaining how weather forecasting works and like why it's sometimes inaccurate and like why they say what they say. But they mm-hmm. also just kind of tweet and Instagram like a vibe check of like the vibes in you know the city today are nine out of ten. And that is the amount of analysis I need for daylight savings. <laughs> I, I need people to be like you know the takeaway is you'll be you know more happy or less happy at this time of year for this reason. Um, that is that is the amount I want. I'm sure there are a lot of people who have written articles that I could read again and again, but. Some Something about my brain just does not grab onto the the shape of it. We won't, though, any longer have the sort of 10 days of the fall where the UK and the US are only four hours apart and make oh, scheduling yeah. meetings a, a real kind of battleship scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I do have some more information because that Reuters link finally loaded. And it does seem like things are going to be okay because they're making daylight savings time permanent. Oh, that's says, better. It says that it's promoted by supporters advocating brighter afternoons. And it's there called the Sunshine Protection Act. So yes. presumably that means we're not going to have the sun setting at 4.30. It's going to be 5.30, which is much, much more livable. So then we'll, we'll spring ahead one more time. So one more clock change and then we'll next stay spring. Sprung. And then we'll stay sprung, which yeah, sounds we'll be, great. We'll be spraying all year round. I'll be springy. I'll be flexible. I'll no longer have a problem going from downward dog into warrior one at yoga. It's going to be great. This is going to be absolutely huge for me. So I can definitely make it through the next couple months if this is the last time I ever have to do this. There you go, people. Something to look forward to, finally. All right. All right. Yeah. Now we're cooking with gas. (laughs) How many uh, professional podcasters does it take to figure out daylight savings? The answer? Two. Just two. Just give give us 10 minutes and a little bit of the internet and we'll get there eventually. That's media literacy, baby. Yeah. That's all we need. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. 
don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with the guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>